Welcome to Looney Engineering, a Canadian software engineering podcast. I'm Andrew Clarkson, a junior software developer at Universe. And I'm Chris Naismith, a senior engineer at Hopper. So today, Andrew and I decided that we would talk a little bit about how to increase your visibility at your workplace. A lot of that stemming from one-on-ones with your manager, relationships with your manager. Um, It's something, especially early on in your career, is super important uh, to make sure that you know, you might not be doing huge impact work as compared to maybe some seniors, but when you're coming time for reviews and just making sure that people know what you're working on, super important to have some sort of visibility and those relationships. Um, Because at the end of the day, those people who are in meetings that you are not are the ones that are advocating for you for promotions and raises and super important. Um, So Andrew, do you want to get it kicked off? Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with the relationship with your manager and the specific meetings, one of them really important being your one-on-one, that you should be having with them regularly. So your manager is going to be, as you just said, that person that advocates for you when you're not in the room. So this is talking about future promotions, raises, um, in the world of terrifying layoffs, they may be the one that says, hey, no, I need to keep these people. Like, Any good manager is obviously going to be going to bat for you. They don't want to lose their people, but you also want to be at the top of that list. Yeah. Also um, projects, you know, sometimes there's going to be projects that are coming down the pipe and your manager will say, Hey, I actually think that that is a perfect project for Andrew um, because, you know, he's been in this other area. We think that it'd be the next logical step for him to increase his responsibility, that sort of thing. Um, And then one-on-ones are that way of your manager being able to communicate to you what's coming down, but also for your manager who maybe isn't as into the day-to-day to sort of keep up to date on what, what you're doing. That exactly that exact thing actually happened to me the end of last year. I got put on a project that I still feel is so far above me and I got to put my hands, get my hands on and build and design things that I really didn't expect to be doing for probably years um just really got to get involved in the architecture and everything and it was because my manager said hey i want andrew on this i think he i think it's a good stretch for him i think he's going to do well at it and so we've gotten to plan architect build do all these things for something that i i don't think the average junior gets to do just because she said like hey i want andrew on this yeah um, when it comes to one-on-ones with your manager, Andrew, do you have any structure to your one-on-ones or is it sort of up to you? So one-on-ones for me at the beginning, I, I wasn't really sure what to do with them. Um, I was told, well, my manager said, this will be a time that you and I can, can talk and get to know each other. I might build our relationship, but also it's a time that we can talk about uh, what's going well, what you're having problems with, what do you need help with. Sometimes we just use, if there's not much to talk about, it'll just be kind of a pairing session. We'll work on something. But I did that for a little while, probably the first two or three months. And then I felt like I wasn't getting enough out of it. So I actually led that part of it to get some more structure. I asked in the the group that we're both in Toronto JS. And I said, like, what can I do to get more out of this meeting? It's only 30 minutes. It's only every other week, but it's an important one because I don't work super closely with my lead on the day to day. And so I actually started building an agenda and I bring questions rather than just like, let's see where this conversation goes. So now less than a, less than having just a casual conversation, I actually go in with like, 
here's a problem that I'm having, or like, this is something I'm trying to get to, or like, let's review my goals or specific questions. Like, how am I doing? One of them that I think is really great is uh, as a junior, sorry, compared to your expectations of a junior for X number of months in the business, how am I doing? And it wasn't just a, you can't now say, oh, you're doing great. It was like a, I've really made you think about something. And when I started taking the reins on that, all of a sudden those meetings were so much more useful to me. Yeah. Making it so that, you know, you're asking your uh, manager questions that aren't just a yes or no, because it doesn't force them to have to elaborate or provide any sort of feedback, but asking those questions of, you know, comparing to other past juniors in this company or your expectations of this role, um, where am I exceeding and where am I not meeting um, expectations? And super important to sort of check in with your manager um, before review cycles. Um, my manager is very vocal on that reviews shouldn't be a surprise. Um, any concerns shouldn't just be brought up at your maybe it's biannual, annual review cycles. It should be, you know, those one-on-ones are a great time to address any sort of concerns that you have so that that way you can, you know, make sure that um, that employee knows and can address them so that that way you can say, hey, this person has improved over the last six months that they've been here. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things, addressing problems early than later is definitely much better. Absolutely. Um, now, what do yours look like as a, a senior developer? You are then dealing with your lead, your engineering manager. Who is it that you actually talk to? Yeah, I talk to my manager. Um, with Hopper, the way that the teams are structured is pretty much the lead is the manager, um, the tech lead. And in the past, one of the best ways that I've heard of it is that a one-on-one is not a status update meeting. You know, it's it's not like a, a stand-up to say, hey, this is what I'm working on, or this is how this um, project is going. That's not the point of that meeting. Um, I actually very much look at one-on-ones as almost like retros. Um, instead of it being for the project or the sprint, it's just basically how, how are things going for you? What's going well? What's not going well? What are things that we need to change? And, uh, you know, I'll bring up things that I think of how the team is functioning. Um, maybe something that isn't as retro heavy, but just more like process or you know something like that. And then um, most most recently I had a, a review and for, for my 10 month review and we had gone over it and I sort of addressed, not necessarily a concern, but it was something where um, the feedback was is that I am a tinkerer, which can both be good and bad. And so we had discussed over this idea of tinkering and how it can be super productive because you want people to tinker and think about how to do stuff better, but it has to be focused. And if you're just tinkering for the sake of tinkering, you know, that can be a huge time waste. It can impact the rest of the team if you're constantly tinkering with stuff. And so that was just something that we just brought up and making sure that if I am tinkering, that there's buy-in from the team and that uh, people are in the know about why why you're tinkering with something. It's not just for the sake of you know staying busy. Yeah, that's interesting because you are obviously doing something productive, but there's something that has come up there. And if you had have found that out on a, an annual review six or eight months later, or six months, a year, however long it was later, you would be like, why didn't you just say something? 
Why couldn't you just tell me at the time somebody had a problem, you had a problem, and I instantly would have dealt with it. But instead, you've sat and ruminated on it, and it's just been written down somewhere, whereas you could have instantly gotten that feedback. And that's something that I'm so impressed with as somebody coming from non-tech roles um, in non-tech companies to this industry is this idea of a regular chat with your manager is it's you can only get so far off course and you should all you're always doing course corrections it's hey you can do this differently you can fix this hey how am i doing what's going on with this and so rather than getting so far off of your baseline that all now you have to like make this huge change to come back to like what's expected all you gotta do is make these little course corrections the whole way and and you should never be so far off that it's a question it's just like it's a quick comment okay we'll deal with that and then you're going to be back to it so quickly, two or three, two weeks later, a month later, depending on what your cycle is, or a week later, and you can immediately get feedback. Exactly. Um, the other thing that I've had with managers in the past is uh, meeting notes that persist between the meetings. I don't mm -hmm. know if necessarily you have that, um, but I had a manager who was very big on meeting notes. And so the first thing that we did at the beginning of the one-on-one -on -one is, of course, you had the meeting notes from the previous thing, mm -hmm. and we'd sort of you know, similar to a retro where you say, hey, what what did we say should be action items from the previous retro? Uh, did we address those? Did we make sure that we're hitting those sort of um, action items that we wanted to? And we'd look and we'd be like, oh yeah, that's still an outstanding problem. Um, you know, that's something that we want to improve. And uh, it's just sort of, again, an, an open conversation. Um, I've had a lot of, I don't want to say unproductive, but more like personal focused one-on-ones um, with my manager where I'm just talking about things that are happening in my life that will have some sort of impact on my work. Like let's say, um, you know, if you're having, this isn't something that's happening to me, but if you're having health concerns, it can be a good time to bring it up with your manager and just saying like, Hey, like over the next little bit, I might have some times where I have to like duck out to go to like a, a doctor's appointment or something. Mm -hmm. And just being able to have that like relationship and not just, surprising your manager with being like, Hey, I'm out on Tuesday and I'm also out on like Friday. And maybe your manager's like, is he interviewing somewhere? Um, you know, just being able to have that sort of relationship and just be like, Hey, just putting this on your radar. Um, and then the other side, as I mentioned earlier, is for them to put stuff on your radar that you might not be aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so right there, um, taking, uh, actively participating in this, I think is a huge part. It's easy to sit down at your one-on-one -on -one and your meeting, your manager kind of leads it and you don't really get anywhere. They're like, hey, this is what's going on at a higher level. Um, I don't see any issues. Like, you're, you, you're doing okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, anything you want to bring up? No, not really. Uh, okay. And then all of a sudden, you they're like, well, we, we can finish this up earlier, I guess. Like, uh, have a good rest of your day. And now you haven't gotten anything out of it. And I think that was a huge one for me, realiza a huge realization for me was this meeting is for me. This meeting isn't for my lead. This isn't for the company. It's for me. And it's for me to raise things that need to be raised. It's for me to get to know my manager. It's for me to bring problems up, to talk about the things I want to do, to set goals, to um, say, like, I want to do these things. I want to move towards these things. And then your manager should be actioning those. They should be helping push you. One of them that I asked for a lot, or at least asked for a lot at the beginning, and my manager's very good at it now, I always pushed for a lot of feedback, but I also pushed for her to push me. I said, I want you to push me to do better. Every time you see I get something, push me a little bit further, stretch me a little bit more. 
because um, some people are perfectly content to just go in and do their job and that's totally okay that's fine it just doesn't fit me well I'm like I want you to push me more and more and more and that feedback for her she said like that's really good feedback because I know you want that so now I can actively work on that for you I can be, keep my eye out when projects come up I can mention your name when somebody says oh hey we want to do this cool new thing oh Andrew be interested in that or at least she can message me and say hey this is going on would you want to get involved I've used it in the past to bring up things that I think the team, um, again, not necessarily as like a retro, but things that I think uh, when it comes to like hiring is something that I've brought up in my one-on-ones of being like, hey, maybe it's the time where we can start hiring more like junior candidates. I think we have a lot of seniors. Um, We probably have enough capacity in order to start hiring maybe like an intern or a junior. um, And, you know, they're being like, hey, yeah, you know, I'll bring that up to you know, my manager, and we can see about going from there and what that sort of looks like. Um, to our to our previous episode on culture, it's also something where I brought up culture in our one-on-ones and being like, hey, like, I'm concerned that the way that we're going about things is maybe, you know, kind of against our culture, or if this is the, if we continue down this path, that might affect our culture. Mm-hmm. And those have been sort of ways that I'm not necessarily... Um, shitting on like the team as a whole in like a retro where everyone's there you know not necessarily feeling attacked but you you don't want to like throw someone under the bus in front of everyone else and so i'll sort of have those moments in a in a one-on-one and just be like hey this is just something that i'm noticing from a culture perspective i think that's that's another really good point about what a one-on-one is it is your time to talk to somebody one-on-one in the company. It's not, you have to set a meeting. You don't have to go through all the things. They're not going to be wondering like, well, why is Andrew put some time on my calendar? He never does this. It's an expected thing. Some difficult conversations are expected to happen. And it's that time that you can, you've got someone's ear for that period of time. You can talk about the company. And again, ideally, this is never going to be a negative thing, but you can bring negative things up. You can bring problems that you're having up. You can, hey, maybe so-and-so, this has been an issue or we're having some conflict. And they should be helping you to sort that. I think that's really important to have that set time. It can really help the the introverted type of personality or somebody who's a little quieter or who doesn't really want to stir the pot, especially like you say, when you are in a more public setting, when you're at retro, when you're at stand-up, when you're in just other group meetings. It's really nice to have that time set aside where you feel as if you can have these harder conversations. Exactly. And when you're having one-on-ones, it doesn't even necessarily have to stop at your direct manager. Um, One thing that is, especially I think as you get more senior, that is quite important to do is having um, one-on-ones with like a skip level, which would be essentially your manager's manager, um, or possibly, you know, it doesn't even have to be them. It could also be one-on-ones with someone on your team, um, just so that way you can stay in sync, especially in companies that are fully remote, maybe you have work that's very, I don't want to say isolated from everyone else, but very contained. And so you don't have a lot of collaboration, making sure that you have one-on-ones with people on your team and people above your team is good ways of being able to sort of increase that visibility. Um, Again, going to the review side, uh, when it comes time for comp adjustments or promotions, if when your manager goes to their manager to say, hey, Andrew's been killing it for the last year. I think we should give him a promotion from, say, junior to a mid-level. If your 
uh, skip manager doesn't really know much about the impact of the work that you've been doing, it can be very hard at review time. And so having regular one-on-one, and maybe not regular, but less frequent than with your manager, but at least check in so that they know who you are, you can talk about what's going on. Those can be opportunities to keep them in the know about what you've been doing. And when it comes time again for those reviews, it's not a surprise to them. Yeah. Now, this isn't something that I have done, but it kind of goes back to our previous conversation and culture and, and just kind of visibility within the company. But what would those look like? So we've talked about what a, what your just regular one-on-one would look like. Is there a more specific or focused uh, agenda that you would have when you had these conversations with a skip level? I think it's probably a good idea to have it focused in, um, especially a lot more than maybe a one-on-one, which is, at least to me, has been less guided. Um, I think it depends on what you're wanting to go in. So one example from someone who I've talked to is uh, having your skip provide you feedback on their point of view. And I recommend if this is, you know, always your meeting with your skip should probably you know, discuss this with your direct manager and being like, hey, I'm wanting to do a one-on-one with, you know, your manager. Um, do you have any recommendations of like what we should talk about? So that would be a good thing to bring up in your one-on-one. Um, but really what I try to do is the higher up usually that you go, the less context into the day-to-day um, that person has. Mm-hmm. And so being able to book those one-on-ones, getting feedback from them and saying like, hey, from your point of view, you know, what, how, how would you like rate my performance over, you know, let's say the last quarter or the last two quarters, half year or whatever. Um, but the other thing could just be is trying to figure out what sort of things are on their plate. I think this is something that as you get more senior is probably something that would make more sense. So if you're looking at aiming for like a promotion, so let's say you're a senior that's looking to become like an engineering manager or like a staff level engineer, you could ask your skip of like, what are the problems that you are dealing with that you really don't want to be dealing with? Um, Things that would either make sense to pass to an engineering manager that is their report, or if they were to like spin up a new team, whatever it be. And you could then look at those problems and with permission from your manager, try to tackle those problems and solve the problems for your skip. Because if, again, you're solving their problems, again, it's just going to benefit you. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I just totally spaced out there for a second. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I just, and now I'm like, I have, I wasn't thinking about what I've got to say next. Okay. You're just soaking in the good advice and you're like, oh, yes, agree. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Trying again here. Uh, Have you had any one-on-ones with your skip, Andrew? No. So I haven't done that. So I think I do a pretty good job at the visibility and just talking to all these people on a regular basis. Like I, I hang out with my engineering director, every Friday afternoon at social and we chat and we often talk during the week and I get along with my engineering manager really well. And I talk to the other leads and I've just had these conversations regularly. So they're not so much that formal conversation, which just in us having this conversation, I'm feeling like I'm going to start trying to do this a little more because I used to be, when I started the company, I uh, tried to kind of meet everyone uh, air quoting here 
and just kind of get to know what they do and what, what goes on here. And as I got busier and busier in my own work, I, I do less of that. There's certain people I talk to fairly often and there's other people I talk to less often. But I like this idea of, uh, of speaking to them on a, on a more formal, can be review, can be just kind of that one-on-one skip level sort of thing. I like the idea of it because it's not just that casual social thing. It's like, let's actually talk business. Let's actually talk what's going on. And I like the idea of what you said, like, how am I doing over the last little while? But there's a there's more of a, a question that you're asking there, and it's how visible am I? Because if you get an answer like, well, I, I think you're doing well. Your manager tells me you're doing a great job. They don't really know what you're doing at all. They don't see what you're doing. Uh, but if they're going like, you're doing fantastic. I saw you at such and such demo. I know you were on this project. We talked about such and such. Like They know who you are. And I think that goes a little deeper than just the like, kind of a review, they actually know who you are and you're like a real person, not just somebody on the team that they don't really know. Exactly. And I think there's, you know, a couple of different ways that you can be visible if your company does demos of what's going on, um, making sure that that skip level is invited to the demos, or at the very least, if there isn't, if, if they're maybe too busy for the demo, then having not even a PowerPoint, but just like a quick summary, maybe a recorded video of like, hey, here's what happened, um, where they can play it in their own time and having context into like, Andrew worked on this feature, so-and-so worked on that feature, and these are what managed to get deployed over the last month. And being able to say like, Andrew deployed this feature is going to stick in their mind, especially if it's something, I've, I've worked at places where they've had features that have been you know, oh, we've been meeting around, you know, to, to get to it. And it's always just been um, always just put on the back burner because we have other things on the go. And just being able to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Chris did that. And we've been meeting to get to it. And he deployed it and championed it. It's great. And your skip will now be thankful um, for that. And so there's multiple different ways of being able to have that visibility. Um, but yeah, the demos, quick Cole's notes of what's going on, um, change logs, stuff like that can be ways to do that. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more uh, visibility and that sort of thing. I think that's, I think it really depends on your company uh, in both size of your company, as well as the culture, which we've talked about a lot. So at Universe, we do really good at making sure that people are recognized for their contributions. So once you've gone through the usual that just engineering sees, you're going through your code reviews, you're getting your uh, your quality, uh, QA looks at everything, and then it gets released. Okay, that's great. But anything that's more than just kind of a small bug fix, there is a Slack channel for like universe wins. Um, this is what's going out. There's a product channel for when there's those bigger features that go out. And they really like, they'll put together videos, they've got screenshots, they'll tag the people that worked on it. And not just like the engineer that worked on it, Design put this together. Thank you. Quality was on this. The developer that did this, uh, so on and so forth. And so they're really good at recognizing everyone. And then there'll be an email that goes out. And then there's information that goes out to our clients to make sure that they know what's going on. There's so many different things along the way. Um, after demos, we do thank yous. Thank you so and so for helping me with this bug. Thank you so and so for working on this project. Thank you for the team for doing this. And there's that, there's so, we have such a culture of that recognition that I don't have to personally spend as much time making sure I get recognized. I do, I spend time, I put together demos and I show off what I'm doing, even if it's just small stuff. 
Uh, I try and talk to a lot of people. I try and make sure that things are really seen and as much as I can working on higher visibility projects, but I don't get a lot of say on that sort of thing. But that depends on where you're at. Not every company is going to be like that. And you're going to really have to, again, take the reins on your own visibility, making sure that people actually see you. Because it's very easy as an engineer to just kind of slip between the cracks, do your bug fixes, things go out live, and nobody really sees it. So another thing that you can do to increase the visibility for yourself is maintaining a break dock. And for those that don't know what a break dock is, is it's a document that you create and maintain and update over time about wins that you have in the company. And that can be anything from maybe features that you deploy or performance improvements that you can do. Maybe um, maybe there's like a really hard bug that you end up solving or you know you pair on a problem with someone and you end up helping them. All of these sort of like little things are things that very quickly I forget about over time. Um, especially, you know, I have this issue with retros where you're supposed to like remember everything that's happened for the last two weeks. And very quickly you get to the end of the week, you've been heads down for, you know, so much time. And they're like, hey, uh, what are things that went well? And you're like, oh, man, I don't, I can't even remember. Blur. Uh, <laughs> it's all a blur. Um, and so being able to maintain that brag doc is when it comes time, um, again, for reviews, um, just one-on-ones with your manager, especially if your manager is not very involved in your project. I know some managers, um, you might only see them in your one-on-ones or maybe at demo time or something like that. Um, That happened at past companies that I had been at. And so um, that brag doc is a great way of being able to say like, hey, here's the wins that I've accomplished. And when it comes for reviews, you can say, this is what I've done over the last six months in this company. And this is every single win or yeah, that I've, that I've done. Yeah. I think a brag doc is so important. I know we've talked about this before, but same thing at my last review, I have, we have a, a fairly formal process of like a document that I need to fill out and talk about my goals and things that I've accomplished and things that I want to do and that sort of thing. I went through and I was like, okay, this is great. And I was like, well, let's have a look at the brag doc. I'd forgotten about 80% of the things that I had done. And so I was able to give this amazing list of things that I had accomplished in my first six or seven months at the company. I'm just looking, I'm just pulling up my own brag doc right now. I'm coming up on 10 months at this company. I am on line 129 of my spreadsheet. Oh, wow. And I think I put in a little more detail than the average person here. But what I try and do is every Friday afternoon before I finish up for the week is I sit down and I try and put in at least three things, like three wins from that week. And they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be shipped a gigantic feature. They could be like, helped so-and-so with a certain thing, learned a new thing, um, did something new, uh, worked on this, paired with so-and-so. So it's not always huge. But I almost always have something reasonably big every week to put in there. And I'm trying to take that a little bit further now is anytime I have a personal win, and that might be helping out somebody new at the company, it might be helping somebody with a new project or pairing with somebody or something that I was able to call a small accomplishment, I try and remember to bring up my brag doc and I put it in there. So looking back on them, some of them are really small, but there are all these consistent wins that build up and build up and build up. And then I can look back at that at review time and I can go, oh, I did that a bunch of times. Like I helped like 10 people with uh, production like hotfixes. Well, that's now a big point. That's not just like I did one hotfix. That's like, this is a, a consistent thing I've been doing. 
Exactly. And, it, you know, these brag docs shouldn't just be a summary of all of the Jira tickets that you've accomplished over, you know, the last six months or something. It should have some sort of tangible benefit that is maybe more than I got work done. Um, but any time that, you know, I think it's the very common term right now is quiet quitters, people that are just doing the bare minimum in their work. Um, and oftentimes that's because work that is done above and beyond is usually not recognized. You know, there's no compensation, there's no thank you, there's no this. And so especially any single time that you feel like you've gone above and beyond, make sure that you write that down because that's something that you can bring up to your manager, your skip and say like, this is what I've done. And this is the sort of like leadership that I've been demonstrating over the last six months to a year. That's it. And that's that consistency. That's that regular effort. And those are the places where you're sometimes going to run into um, a company or your manager, whereas like they just don't see the value that you've been putting in and they don't understand what you've been doing. But when you can go back and say, oh, on these days, these days, these days, I've been doing these things. Like it's not, you're going to have to like scrounge it up and scrape together some ideas. You can literally just go to a document where you've got that I guess like firsthand witness account of what you did and hopefully you've been keeping good track of it. And then you can say, Hey, I did this thing. I did that thing. And then you're able to back it up and say, see that feature fix. You can talk to so-and-so hopefully you never really need to defend yourself so much, but if it does come to that, the brag doc's really going to be that evidence that you need. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that we're haven't talked on is if you need to interview at another company that say, mm -hmm. you know, you've decided that it's time to move on from your company, that brag doc is also something that can come into interviewing. So oftentimes you might be asked, you know, tell me about a difficult project that you worked on or what is your biggest milestone that you've accomplished at your current work, whatever it be. Um, you can have refer back to your brag doc and be able to talk about the accomplishments that you've had because Again, most companies want to hire the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And so being able to talk about your accomplishments, again, hugely beneficial, especially as an early engineer, you can, if the more wins that you have documented that you can share, probably the quicker you will um, progress in your career into a more senior position. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, obviously that's, that's not always the, what we're looking for, but that's a, that's a huge one. And I think that's what a lot of people start the rag doc for. And then you realize all these other things that it's super important for, but coming back to kind of the, the staying at the company, the company you like that sort of thing. Um, this is really going to help you build a strong relationship with your manager because over and above just being the awesome person that you are and like getting along with them, you're showing them and you should be telling them regularly, whether they are no or not, they should be telling, you should be telling them all your wins, all the things that you're doing. And this is something I do in my one-on-one -on -one because I know my manager doesn't have a pile of visibility, um, her stand-ups, I don't even have stand-up with her uh, right now because we're on different projects. So at that, I look back at my list and she's like, what have you been doing? I'm like, oh, all of these things. And in that short period of time, she can be like, oh, wow, Andrew's still crushing. Like, that's amazing. Is there anything I can help you with? That sort of thing. So everyone's job when it comes down to it is to make their manager's job easier all the way up to the top. And if you are out there crushing it, you are making your manager's job easier. They're not going to have to fight for you to get a promotion and more money later when it happens because you've been crushing it. You've been doing amazing. And, and those things are really going to help your career. Yeah. When I was working um, at my previous company as a tech lead and team lead, 
my direct manager was a director. And so that, you know, director is, you know, not even an engineering manager, um, is very much removed from the day-to-day in the IC work. And so his, my one-on-ones a little bit sometimes um, was on status updates on the project. Um, not super common, but sometimes it'd just be like, hey, how's that project going? Um, but it was super important to maintain that relationship with my director because he had so much less contacts and he was responsible for not just myself, but there was other team leads and other engineering managers who reported directly to him. So, you know, my one project, while very important to me and is everything that I'm doing day to day, there might be four or five, six other projects going on with other team leads and engineering managers who are championing those projects. And so really what they want, the the best way that you can sort of um, form that relationship with your direct manager is saying like, hey, here's what's going well, here's what's not going well, and here's how we're addressing it. Definitely coming with solutions rather than just coming with problems is one of um, maybe the best advice that I had <laughs> had from a manager at one point is he had told me like, don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions because that's what we're paying you to do. We're not paying you to identify problems. Any idiot, you know, I put that in quotes, any idiot can, uh, <laughs> can find a problem. About you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the, the idiot in this uh, case. An idiot. So there's something really important that we should think about is it's very easy to be, let's say, self-centered, but think in our own little bubble. This is for me. These things are my things. Like this is all that's going on in my life. But everyone else is out there doing their thing too. And the one-on-one, we've also got to look at what the benefit your manager is getting from this. Like I say, the, the, the meeting is for you, but your manager gets a lot out of these as well. And there's also a lot of expectations that your manager is going to have both in the meeting and outside. And this is something that if you, you put in a little bit of work to kind of get that out of your manager um, or your lead or whoever it is that you're talking to and find out what's important to them. Because if you go into that meeting and you just babble on about tech and like you say, there may be a non-technical lead, you're, they're just going to kind of zone out and that's going to be it. Um, if you start talking about things that just aren't important to them, maybe, uh, maybe the people are important, but they expect you to manage the people. You're important, responsible for your people. If you need help, like let me know. But if you're just babbling on about your people, that's not going to help. But finding out what's important to them, what makes their job easier, what they want to hear in these, what they want to talk about, it's really going to help you aim the things that you talk about. It's going to add more value for them. And if you add more value for them, you're adding more value to yourself because they're going to look forward to this meeting. They're going to be like, they're going to come out of it feeling good. Like, oh, Chris is crushing. Chris has got this great handle on this project. I don't have to think about Chris until next time we talk about because he's just out there doing a great job. I trust what he's doing. I know like there's that visibility. He's not going to think, oh, he's super visible. He's going to think he's got a handle on everything. I don't have to worry about him. I don't have to babysit. And a lot of managers have this problem with their people because they do have to babysit them and they do have to make sure they're on track. And this is uh, that we could probably do a whole podcast episode on that, but that's, that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. The one, the one thing that I've had in the past that can be difficult to manage is when you have um, trust from your manager, like your manager trusts you. They're like, I know Chris is going to get this done. Um, That can actually lead into where your one-on-one start becoming less productive because 
your manager trusts you. They say, hey, there's nothing really that I have to provide feedback wise. Um, and going to your previous, um, what you mentioned previously in the podcast is that's where you have to make sure that you're championing um, the agenda for your one-on-ones mm-hmm. is because I've had ones where they're like, yep, you know, we trust you. Uh, things are going great. Project is moving, you know, as expected, um, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, when it comes to like seeking feedback, the one thing that we mentioned already is you want to make sure that you're asking open-ended questions and not just like yes or no questions, mm-hmm. you know, tangible ways that you can actually improve or, you know, what would you say my biggest flaw is, you know, and, and being able to have them like think on it. I've oftentimes at the end of um, my one-on-ones, I'll try to ask questions that will for them to like think on for the next time that we meet. So that, that way it's not just like putting them on the spot, making them like answer it then and there, giving them some sort of time to think on it, come with an answer for the next one-on-one and then, all right, let's figure out how we can address that, what the attack plan is, or maybe it's just a misconception. Maybe, um, you know, as, as I mentioned for myself with the feedback of being a tinkerer, I sort of took that as like, well, maybe I'm not being as communicative of why I'm tinkering on the things that I am. And so it's not necessarily anything that I was doing wrong with the tinkering. It's just making sure that it's clear with a clear objective. Um, Maybe it's putting like Jira stories around the tinkering that you're doing, putting like a spike here, putting um, like a time box around it. Like I'm only going to be working on this for like a day or two days um, and having clear outcomes of like what this is going to do. So both of us also know somebody who made a recommendation to me when I was asking questions about like how to improve my one-on-ones. And it's something I would recommend to everyone. Um, And it goes back to uh, your manager expectations of the thing they want to talk about, um, as well as what you just said about asking questions for next time for you to think on. You can send your lead an agenda. You can say a couple days before, these are the things I want to talk about. These are the problems that I'm having. Because what's really awesome about that is it's going to give them the opportunity to maybe do a little bit of research, to maybe look into something for you, to maybe talk to somebody. Now you don't have to wait two weeks or a month or a week or however long you go between your one-on-ones, but you're going to be able to get immediate answers. And you can give them as much detail as you want. You can be like, hey, I want to talk about this project and this problem I'm having with so-and-so. Or it can be very detailed. I have this very specific problem in this project. I'm wondering how to sort it out, this, that, and the next thing. And now... Sure. Any lead, any manager should be available to you. Yeah, we can talk again tomorrow or something like that. But for in the interest of making the most of your one-on-one time, I think that's a really good idea is just send them over an agenda. Say, these are the things I want to talk about. It's just a little more proactive again than having your agenda. You're letting them prepare a little bit. As As I was saying, where at the end of your meeting, you can say, hey, maybe this is something that we can discuss for the next time. Um, but if it is something that's a little bit more time sensitive, giving that heads up, maybe 24 hours in advance, maybe a couple days, whatever, basically whenever you can think of it, um, I have, I I sort of have two things. If it's super urgent, I'll say, Hey, do you have some time to talk about this thing that I'm running into? Um, but if not, if it's not super important, it's not time sensitive. That's where I'll say, Hey, the next time that we have a one-on-one, I'd love to talk about this. And then it's able it's an agenda item that can be brought up at the beginning of the one-on-one in order to get that out of the way. If it's still even a concern, because who knows, maybe a week goes by, 
that's when your next one-on-one is might not be a problem anymore. Um, but it's at least something where you can bring it up, um, be able to prioritize it if it needs to be and just throw it out. If it's not, um, it's one of those things is almost no different than, you know, building a product where, you know, you create sometimes stories as placeholders because you're like, hey, we want to flesh out this idea in the future. And then maybe you come to it a month later and you're like, actually, you know what? This doesn't even make sense. This isn't needed anymore. But at least you've documented it. You've sort of like brain dumped your idea. So that way you don't come around to your next one-on-one. And there was like, there was something I wanted to talk to you about, but I can't can't quite remember <laughs> what it is anymore. Um which is, you know, also quite common when Andrew and I are having this podcast. There's something that we want to say. We haven't written it down. We're like, oh, what was that thing I wanted to talk about? Okay, so something we haven't really talked about here. Um, it's all been kind of sunshine and rainbows. You've got this great manager and you're doing great work and they're telling you you're doing a great job and you're just all hunky-dory. But that sure is not always the case. And like we said at the beginning, it's important to get that feedback and course correct early. So sometimes you're going to have this one-on-one and you're going to be like, hey, how am I doing? Or maybe your manager should be the one bringing up right away, especially if you don't have any idea you're doing something wrong and say, hey, you're, you're dropping the ball on this or that, or like, I need you to do better on these things. What do you do then? Yeah, I think the the one thing, and this is true of most feedback, you know, whether it being in a pull request or feedback from your manager, is ideally it's actionable, right? And if it's not actionable, then you should be seeking clarification on how to make it actionable. Definitely. So let's say, you know, feedback that I provide to Andrew is I'm like, hey, uh, I feel like you know you're spending too much time on you know multiple projects. I feel like you. Sh- should focus in on one. And while focusing in on one is the actual item, question is, is like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're responsible for working on different things at the same time, um, you know, maybe getting that feedback from your manager on, well, how do I go about doing that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a, an arbitrary example, it's not a situation that I've ever ran into, um, but it, it's definitely, if, if something is not clear on when someone is providing you feedback, then you should be asking additional details on how do I meet the feedback that you're providing to me? Like, what is the measure for success and how do I, how do I get towards that? Definition of done, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to go about it because I've, I've run into people and somebody who uh, actually lost their job in the end of it all. Um, they were put on a piff and they were getting trouble for a bunch of different things that were going on, but their manager wouldn't make it clear what they needed to do. So, well, sorry, not what they needed to do, what it was going to look like when it was done. So they say, you need to do better. Well, that's not helpful feedback. You need to do more work, not helpful feedback. You need to get along with people. It's not helpful feedback. You need to get specifics and don't feel like you can't ask these questions because if your manager actually cares and is coming at this, coming to you from a point of a good manager that wants you to be successful, and that's typically the case. It's not always going to be like the manager's like, oh, you've done a bad thing and we have to, like, you're a bad employee and you're going to lose your job. It should be early enough that they're coming to you and saying, hey, here's a thing that's going wrong. we got to straighten this up. And you can ask those questions. So they come to you and say something like, uh, yeah, you're working on too many projects. We need to focus on something and like move forward with that. Okay, um, you can ask some questions. What do I do about the other projects? What do I do about my responsibilities to the other people? 
Um, is there a specific amount of time that you like me to focus? Is there deadlines for this? Is there some time you'd like to have certain things finished? Do you want better status updates? You can ask all of these questions because now the important part here is you're not only holding yourself accountable, but you're holding them accountable because a month there, then the next meeting or a few months down the road and a few meetings, hopefully they're not going to be like, Oh, if you don't get it together in a month, you're out of here. But it's even more important if that's the case. You need to get those specifics. You need to know what you can action on this. And when you come back to them, you can say, check, 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 check. I've done all of these things. Are we good? And ideally, they're going to say, hell yeah, great job. Carry on. If not, you can say, but wait, you gave me all of these things to do and I did them. And you're still not happy. So is the issue actually the work I'm doing or is it something else? Yeah. Your your manager is most likely going to be the one responsible for what is the the goal line that you need mm-hmm. to to cross and being able to figure out what what defines success for the feedback that you're receiving is the only way that you'll be able to do it and in the case of you know Andrew you said um, oh you're not getting enough work done well what what is the definition of work being done is it story points done is it number of tickets being done um, because I've worked at places where you know you might have one story that you work on during an entire sprint. Um, that happened at Hopper. I was working on setting up our production environment. There was quite a bit of stuff that had to be done in order to do that. And so that's pretty much all I did the entire sprint. So it was just one ticket. I think we had it story pointed at maybe like five or eight story points. Um, and you know, depending on what your team uses to define story points, Maybe eight is just like, yeah, it's a really complex task, but we don't attribute eight points is four days or eight points is, you know, seven days, whatever it be. Um, and so if your boss, manager, team lead, whatever it is, is saying, hey, you need to do more work, what is the definition of more work? Is it more story points? Is it more stories? Um, because maybe maybe it's that you need to break up your stories into smaller things. And that you know, is never a bad thing because maybe the thing is, is they're seeing that you're just working on one thing. It's not broken up enough. You need to document what you're doing, all that sort of stuff. So making sure that you're getting a clear understanding of what is not being hit as a goal. And then like, how can you make that clear? And then what is also the timeline that you should be addressing that feedback by? Is it, you want it done by the next sprint? Are you wanting it done for the next quarter? Like what, what is the improvement time? And then how do we get there? So to wrap things up, you know, making sure that you have a good working relationship with your manager, um, taking full advantage of those one-on-ones and sort of increasing that visibility and understanding of the work that you're doing uh, is going to benefit your career um, from a junior up to a senior and beyond. Um, if people don't know what you're doing, then that that's a big red flag and that can as andrew you mentioned before that can come into layoffs right if if people don't know what your role is at a company then like why are they here but hopefully listening to this episode you are able to take away some things that you could do to improve your one-on-ones with your manager your working relationship with your manager um i know one thing that i have been striving to do over the last little bit um, is book time with my skip level and andrew you mentioned that you're also wanting to do that with your skip manager but andrew is there anything that you want to add the only thing i would uh put in here is it just popped in my head is like once again we're showing you how it's not just about your technical skills we just talked about soft skills for the last like almost hour 
It's so important to hone these things, your visibility, your relationships. Obviously, if you're a bad coder, you're a bad programmer, it's you're going to have a bad time. Those things are so important. But you really need to spend the time. And I think a lot, not enough people really take the time to uh, make this part of their job, uh, like put the effort in. How do I build a relationship with my manager? How do I talk to my skip manager? How do I do all of these people things rather than just what's the most efficient code? Like you've got to have a balance there and you got to spend time working on these things. And the benefits to your career are so, so huge. Yep. Bang, whatever. All right. So that has been uh, Chris and I talking about your manager relationships some one-on-ones, your meetings, visibility in the company. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed listening to us today. Um, if you love the podcast, check out our other episodes. This is our 12th episode, which is awesome. Um, we've got a pile of other ones. We've got lots more coming. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, we would love a shout out on LinkedIn. If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, tell your friends, um, send them the link, uh, leave us a positive review on, uh, your, on your platform of choice. It really helps us with visibility, helps us get the word out and helps more people listen to what we're talking about. Bye-bye.